Hello, I'm Holly, the funnier one in theme park films. Both me and Carla have secured a deal with the fantastic studio to offer you a discount on their headphones and earphones. Perfect for a long journey to Orlando whilst you're listening to our podcast. Head to studio.com and use promo code ThemeParkFilms to get yourself a whole 15% off. Now, on with the show. Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing the classic Raiders of the Lost Ark or as it was retitled Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark which was released on the 12th of June 1981 in the USA and the 30th of July 1981 in the UK. So quite an old film. Yeah. But I guess because it's set, uh, you know, before its time anyway, it doesn't really age. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, before we get on to that, we will discuss where it features in a theme park. So we'll primarily talk about the Florida version of it. It's called Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Show Spectacular. I mean, you wouldn't want to say that if you were tipsy, would you? Because you could highly offend someone, I'd imagine. It's the longest running attraction in Disney Hollywood Studios, or MGM Studios, as we still call it. It opened on the 25th of August, 1989, which is my cousin's birthday, Becky, but three years before she was born. So that's largely relevant to anyone other than me and Becky. And it's still there now. So do you remember watching this show? Um, I think so. You know, it doesn't resonate with me. Like like 99% of things in there. Forgotten. But it is, it is good that it's like nearly 30 years old. Yeah. I, I was reading a little bit of stats on it online, and apparently each show holds 2,150 people. And I believe they do at least four or five a day. And every time I've been in there, and I, I don't go to any of the Orlando parks in season because I, I don't have children, so I'm lucky enough that I don't have to go during the peak season. And it's always packed. So that's a lot of people. I think it's this is more for the boys. I don't want to be sexist, obviously. I've got a lot of the princess stuff there. Not not in MGM, but maybe it's more one for the boys. Mm-hmm. If I went, and I probably have been, and not bothered to go in, 
you know, some years at all during the during the holiday, but it's it's okay. It's it's all right for a twenty five minute sit down, put it that way. And that's the thing. It's there's a fit to a lot of people. More people are likely to be able to get into it. It's just it's easy from having to queue about fifty minutes for ev- plus for every ride. Exactly. But the last time I was there a couple of years ago, I went with my friend, and whilst we were there, they had to stop the show as the actress playing whatever her name is in this broke her ankle while while they were doing the show in front of us. How? I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't laugh. You shouldn't laugh. Well, no, she was just like, jumping off of a rock or something. Because they, the, the, they do an entire stunt show in front of you and recreate the scenes from it. And I think it was in the scene with the aeroplane. Now, obviously, they don't actually chop someone's head off. Uh, more's the pity in, in the MGM show. But I, I believe she fell off the aeroplane. Oh, what happened? Everyone just had to leave. Well, yeah, she fell off. And, of course, everyone at first just thought it was part of the show. And I, I don't know the show, show well enough to know it wasn't. And I bet some people laughed. Well, like you just then. But they laughed before she realised she'd broken her ankle. Yeah, I bet they were like, oh, ha, 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 she fell and then she, you know. Yeah, and then, and then like, a stretcher came on. It's like, are you laughing now? And then what? It was like, can everyone flee? Well, yeah, like, paramedics came on. Like someone came to the front, you know, like that annoying warm-up act guy yeah. that you always get in these shows. He came to the front and just said, sorry, uh, there's been an incident. Can you all leave? Uh, and then we all just had to get up and, and go. Did you get a fast pass for anything else? You know, did they do anything for you? No. Selfish. All about her it was. That is poor from Disney. So I only found that she broke her ankle because my friend was concerned and asked a cast member later on. And they said she's fine, but she went to hospital with a broken ankle. Could we not have just moved her off, though, and continued? Well, what annoyed me was that's quite near the end of the show, the plane bit. You know, the show's about 25 minutes. Yeah. So that's probably a good, good 18 minutes into it. And the next time we went, like a couple of days later, my friend, I keep saying my friend, Blanca, she wanted to see the end. So I had to sit through it all oh. again after, you know, I'd only watched it two days earlier. I wasn't, you know, not that much of a fan in the first place. And the worst thing, no Wi-Fi in there. So I couldn't even play on my phone. I'd have just said, do it your own. <laughs> but the, the thing was, the joke was on her, really. Um they do this like set up at the start where they pull people out the audience and you get this really funny guy that's pulled out the audience and you're supposed to think he's real. And Blanca laughed hysterically during this. And I thought this guy's a stooge, right? But I didn't say if I didn't want to ruin her fun. But then when we went back, it was the same guy that was pulled out the audience, crushed her, completely crushed her. And I thought, well, that's what you get for making me watch it again. Anyway, it, it, I, I will briefly mention it does also feature in the California Disneyland and it's called Indiana Jones Adventure Attraction and it's an actual ride 
which I didn't go on when I was there. One, the queue was quite long. And I think it, it looked a little bit violent for me. It looked a bit like the mummy ride, I, I think. But the mummy ride's the best ride. Oh, you know what I'm like. I'm going to Google it now and see if, oh, yeah, okay. I can understand why you wouldn't lick it. That was quick Googling. Right, on to the film. I don't remember when I first saw it. This was one of my dad's favourite films, so it used to be on a lot. When I was growing up in my household, he loved all of the uh, Indiana Jones. He never got to see the fourth one, but he wasn't missing anything. The fourth one was dire. But the first three he loved, so I saw them rather a lot, although I'd forgotten how violent they were, actually, when I when I watched this back. It's quite um, disturbing some parts, but... What did you think about it? Well, I think this was the first time I watched it or the first time I remember watching it. Mm. I'd say the first hour was awful. Mm-hmm. And then the second hour got, it did get a bit better. Okay. Well, that's that's okay. Maybe actually the first 20 minutes were the worst. Right. When you see him as a teacher and... Yeah. Obviously, we know, we're fully aware this is... A lot of people's favourite of a film. It's considered one of the greatest films ever made. We get that. I don't particularly have a problem with it. But, you know, if you're a huge fan, maybe don't don't listen to the show. Because, you know, we don't offend anyone. Or listen and take a step back and see what another person's opinion is. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't I don't like it when other people slag off films that I like I get very annoyed with them and unsubscribe from their podcast you know we're probably gonna go through some points which people might agree with us on we might do we might do when I I say we I mean me (laughs) I'm sitting on the fence over here very much like with alien like everything else you just have to sort of be a little bit more diplomatic I'm here to rein it in. Yeah. Okay. So it's set in 1936 and we see Indy in South America. There's men looking through woods. Indy is warned by a native bloke that nobody has come out of the ancient temple alive. Did you just quickly, the woods situation, it kind of felt a bit like to me the same woods as E.T. (laughs) at one point. And I thought maybe they just filmed it at the same time or something. Well, it would not shock me if two trees down, E.T. was there. (laughs) I would love that if that was like a little Easter egg that you could spot E.T. in the background. I think E.T. came out the following year, but it would have been filmed in 81. So maybe, yeah, maybe they just used the same woods. Probably. Thrifty. Yeah. And I have to say, before we start, although I don't think I've seen this film before, I have played, I used to play this on Xbox, the Lego game, and I played the Lego game of Indiana Jones, and I loved that. Okay. So there were bits of it through the film, I was like, oh, I remember playing this. So, yeah, you've you've seen it from a whole different perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the only person sat there going, ha. That was in that video game I was playing, not the other way around. I mean, it makes sense now. I've Now it makes a bit more sense, you know? Yeah, maybe you should go back and play the game. No. 
Right, so he goes in the ancient temple anyway, and there's like loads of uh, booby traps and stuff. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the Goonies. I, 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 if I remember, I think the Goonies was pitched as a child version of Indiana Jones, so that would make sense. It also really reminded me of I'm a Celebrity. <laughs> Expecting Ant and Deck to pop out just behind E.T. Yeah. He takes the Golden Idol statue and races out with it, and he's double-crossed by the native guy. But the native gets killed, and it goes straight into the famous boulder scene where he's chased by the big ball. And that's part of the show. Part of the Lego game as well, so... <laughs> it would be, because it's. I believe it's one of the most famous scenes... Not only in the Lego game world, but possibly film history. So quite quite early on for such an iconic scene, we see it. Yeah, it could just stop there. He gets out and there's a tribe waiting for him. He's addressed as Dr. Jones, which made me think of that Aqua song. <laughs> yeah, well, the whole time they said Dr. Jones, that came my head. And... By, I mean, I wrote by a British bloke, but then I found out he wasn't British at all as it went on. I don't know why I thought he sounded British at the start of it. But anyway, he's French. And is it Belloc? Oh, I've got no idea. Okay. And anyway, he was forced to give up the idol. Manages to escape via an awaiting plane. Yeah. Finds a snake in the plane. Uh, and, re and then we realise that that's his thing. He hates snakes. Why was a snake in the plane, though? It was his pet snake, the pilot, apparently. Would you leave it in the passenger well, though, if it was your pet? Oh, highly unlikely. Then we cut to him teaching a classroom, and we realise that he's he's a teacher. Did you notice the pupil that had Love You written on her eyelids? Yes, I did. She's going to get ink poisoning. He explains he was getting it. Anyway, he's out of class now, sorry. And he explains to some other bloke that he was getting uh, the idol for the museum and he needs $2,000 as he knows where Belloc will sell it. We've got a German archaeologist who says that there's a dig going on outside of Cairo. He says the Nazis have discovered Tanis and are looking for Indy's ex-mentor, Abner, Ravenwood. At this point, I'm very confused what was going on, I have to be honest. Yeah. So Indy says that the Nazis are searching for the Ark, which they believe will make their armies invincible. They want the Staff of Ra headpiece, which Ravenwood has, that will lead them to a secret chamber called the Wells of Souls, in which the Ark is buried. They agree to pay for Indy to recover the Ark and... As a reward, the museum can keep it. We then see him get on a plane and there's what we discover later on. One of the Nazis is sitting there watching him. And I just thought this man is obviously meant to be quite sort of clever, you know, can get out of all of these situations, yet he doesn't notice this strange character on board. Well, the most stereotypical Gestapo officer I have ever seen in my life. I mean, he literally didn't change his outfit. I mean, obviously, I'm getting most of my information from a lower low. 
which was a 1980 sitcom about the war. But he looks exactly like the Gestapo officer hair flick in that. So generally looked like, and he didn't spot him. We see Marion in a bar in Nepal. She's Ravenwood's daughter. He walks in and she clocks him one because they have some past history. He offers her $3,000 for the staff, which she remembers her dead father having. She tells him to come back tomorrow and then we see that she is wearing it. Must have been uncomfortable. It's quite big, wasn't it? That she managed to keep that concealed. And what what is it? Is it gold or what was it? Because it seemed very light and cheap to me. It looked like a dinner gong shoved down her top. (laughs) The Nazis rock up. And I remember this bit used to really scare me when I was little, when they attempt to torture her with a red hot poker. I remember being really scared by that. I also just thought, wouldn't like some of the local people be more in her favour than the Nazis? Oh, maybe they were scared of the Nazis. I don't know. Indy uses his whip to grab the poker away and a fire starts and they all start shooting and chaos ensues. If Carla doesn't really know what's going on, if she says chaos ensues, have a drink. <laughs> it could be the drinking game, couldn't it? So the Gestapo head Nazi man picks up the staff but drops it as it's too hot from the fire indian marion escape and she shows him that that she's got the staff and she insists that she's going with him until she gets five thousand dollars then we cut to cairo some bloke called salah says belloc is a good archaeologist and he's going after the ark too They get set upon in uh, a market and she hides in a wicker basket, but her pet monkey gives her away. The monkey was the star of this whole film, but she kept poking her head out every two minutes anyway, so they could have just seen her. (laughs) Yeah, what what she should have done was grab the monkey quickly and put him in with her. Yeah, like would, would the Nazis be using their intel from a little monkey maybe not you know it didn't look like it was unusual to see a monkey so then we get the the second most famous scene it's the fight scene you see him just shoot a guy i love that i'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about but just to reference it you get some guy with a sword who's like you know, doing all this, flinging his sword around, getting ready to fight, and Indy just takes out his gun and shoots him dead. And I heard, I don't know where, but Harrison Ford ad-libbed that because he'd got food poisoning or something from where they were shooting, and he was really tired, really hot, and he just ad-libbed it. And Steven Spielberg liked it so much that they used it as, yeah, used it as part of the script. It was brilliant. It was, I mean, definitely the best bit about the whole film. I agree. And it's so refreshing to just see it for someone just to be like, why are we messing around? You've got a knife. I've got a gun. Shoot, done, end of. Yeah. It appears that Marion is dead after an explosion of a vehicle goes off. We cut to Salah saying the Nazis and Belloc are using a replica of the staff to dig for the wells of souls using the imprint burnt into the Gestapo man's hand. 
Indy realises they are digging on the wrong side. So he gets in, in disguise, and deciphers the hieroglyphics using the staff, and he uncovers where the Ark is. Again, I was so lost at this point. I didn't know what was going on. Fine, that's fine. I'm sure someone will pick us up on it. He finds Marion, unties her, then reconsiders and thinks it's best if he comes back for her later. So he ties her back up again. Um, I thought that was quite a good idea of his, actually. But I just thought, like, just again, why do we need this whole, like, kissing thing? Like, just come on, get on with it. Hmm. You know, go back and start digging up. Fair. So at night, we see Salah, Indy and some diggers uncover the tomb. Indy says the infamous line, snakes, why does it have to be snakes? Bellox is with Marion and says he insists the Nazis are not his friends, but they're a necessity. She gets quite aggressive with him, but she puts on the dress that he gives her anyway. And you made a good point about this. Yeah, why is there just a random wedding dress hanging around? <laughs> that happen, happens to fit. I thought at one point he was going to be like, we need to get married. He just wanted her to wear a, a dress. It's quite strange because then obviously they start having their drinks and we know that Marion can drink men under the table because we saw that earlier. Um, and then she tries to threaten him with a butter knife. <laughs> Yeah, not scary unless you're butter. <laughs> okay, so just before that, we see um, Indy set fire to the snakes, which I didn't like. I wrote out of order. They don't like fire, so they'd have just slithered away. I mean, he would have he would have scorched a few of them. They couldn't have moved that quick. No, I don't believe he would have done, Carla, and I'm going to tell you why later. So remind me to to say later why I don't think the snakes would have been hurt. Is this a new feature that we've got to make people listen to the end? <laughs> yeah. Nature with Holly later on in the show. Just remind me later and then we can talk about it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we see him drop the, the fire on the ground. I thought we hit the snakes, you thought we didn't. Whatever. We'll find out later. We then see the scene that is used in the great movie ride, which I didn't mention earlier, but it was also, Indiana Jones also featured in the great movie ride in MGM Studios stroke Disney Hollywood Studios. So all over the place. I mean, it got many, many mentions. And Indy and Salah opening the arc was one of the scenes that you saw as you went through that ride. So another iconic scene. I think that's at four iconic scenes we've had so far yeah we then go back to marion and a butter knife and just as she's about to leave the nazis arrive i mean this is i don't know what it was in america i presume a pg-13 in america which i think means you can't see it without a parent's permission unless you're 13 but pg here is i mean it's free for all isn't it anyone could watch it yeah so a little bit violent isn't it and a little bit you know, a little bit dodgy for a PG, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. I think if this was released nowadays, it would get a 15. Yeah. So we see uh, Belox arrive with the Nazis and he seizes the Ark and seals him into the Well of Souls with Marion. He chucks her in as well. 
Now, how they escape is a bit of an anticlimax because they just push out a big brick. Obviously, they've been looking for this forever. This is like one of the biggest secrets of the world and stuff. Really, they didn't even need to dig. They could have walked around the corner, pulled a brick out, straight in. (laughs) So it wasn't very secure, was it? Wasn't. As this is the scene I was describing earlier from that went wrong when I saw it and the stunt show, we see the planes with uh oh there's fighting and some geezer getting his head chopped off and all sorts going on here, isn't there? <laughs> there is. Yeah. But the pilot and the, it was weird because when he jumped up onto the plane, the pilot literally didn't see him and didn't hear him at all. And I just think it's weird, you know, like if, if, for example, I don't know, if we were out, you know, let's just say in a couple of weeks time, Carla, and, you know, just minding our own business and something like this happened to us and you happened to get into a fighter, a fighter plane or whatever, would you know, would you know how to shoot? Because I wouldn't. Well, me and you were just hanging out. Yeah, like we're just normal people. Suddenly there's this and you've got to start shooting people. I've only ever shot a water pistol, so I don't think it's the same. I don't know. I can't say, but you don't want you don't want to commit to saying that no, you can't do it. No, because you know I haven't tried, but I think it might be a bit more technical than that. So I'm going to go with no. But you have played the Lego Indiana Jones game, so I'm thinking you'd probably survive if this happened to us. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, if I just went up and hit tables, they don't just all fall to pieces of Lego. But yeah, yeah. You could try it. Yeah, I could. Okay. Well, I feel safe for the next time me and you hang out now. (laughs) Right, so they escape. And they meet up with Salah, who says the Ark has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. So he goes after it on a horse. And I've just written, this goes on for too long. Yeah. What was he there from, you know, the American government send him over? I don't know. Is there any consequence to just killing loads of people? Well, I don't know because, I mean, he's a teacher, isn't he? I mean, why is he this tough guy anyway? He's a teacher. Yeah. I mean, let's not offend teachers and say they can't be tough, but, you know. Oh, I don't know. None of the teachers that I had in school would have been qualified to to undertake this mission, I'm fairly certain. Well, because when he was a teacher, he looked a bit geeky as well. And obviously they geeked him up for the teacher role. But, you know, he had glasses. Not saying all people with glasses are geeks, but, you know, I can say it. I wear glasses. Normally, you know, they're not the toughest of people. Did they have contact lenses in 1936? <laughs> because he can't, he can't have been able to see a thing. <laughs> So the Ark gets put on board a boat to London. The Nazis and Bellocks take the boat over. And the captain lies and says that he's killed Indy. And Bellocks takes Mariam. Next thing, Indy's only on a U-boat, isn't he? You know, they go, oh, we can't find him anywhere. I can't find Indiana Jones anywhere. Where, Where is he? And then someone just goes, he's over there how he got to the the u-boat absolutely baffling i shouldn't know i shouldn't think that he knows considering he wasn't wearing his glasses he just found himself on it hurtling along (laughs) so he disguises himself as a nazi 
so that he blends in with the rest of the Germans. That was quite a smart move. Belox, the Nazis, and Marion take the Ark. And Indy threatens to blow it up with a bazooka unless he gets Marion. And Belox, he, he sort of calls his bluff on that because he knows he's not going to blow it up. I like that. Yeah, it's like, no, you're not. And he captures him. So he's tied up to a post with Marion. And then as they open the tomb... Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. I mean, it was gory. There was, you know, people's faces were melting. Literally melting off. Yeah, people's heads were exploding. He tells Marion not to look, so they just look away. But anyone that looks at it, oh, it all goes wrong, doesn't it? And this is the scene, actually, which highlights to you why I think the snakes, even if they got a bit of fire on them, would be okay. Because Marion and Indiana Jones are stood in this cave where flames are literally all around them, all in this cave, and they haven't been touched once. (laughs) So if they can handle that, a snake could handle a little bit of the torch. They weren't even singed, were they? There was no no part of no. them harmed. I mean, and maybe I didn't understand it properly, but that leads me to believe that this would have happened anyway. So if so, if Indiana Jones had opened it, he would have died. Yeah. So in a way, they saved his life. Yeah, I think so. It would have melted his face, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Actually, all's well that ends well. But, he, you know, he was lucky that they did capture him and they got the brunt of it while he got to stand back. I agree. We go back to Washington, D.C., and he's assured that the Ark is somewhere safe. And then we just have a closing shot of a government warehouse stored with loads of other boxes that contain God knows what. And that's the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So we waited a long time to do this one because we like to keep the blockbusters for every few months. Keep keep the punters waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we've done done it justice, but I think we've covered all points. We've had just so many shout-outs for this. If anything, not being ungrateful, but a little bit too many. So I'm going to head straight over to them so you can hear what other people think about this, okay? It's just going to be a long list of everyone saying how amazing it is, isn't it? Yeah, but try not to switch off. So let's go to Instagram first. Now, the first person we have uh, is, is a good friend to our show, actually. She is called Maven, and she does a podcast herself called Go Informed and uh, basically she tells people how to make the most of their trip to Orlando and she was kind enough to do a special and actually name theme park films as one of her top Disney podcasts and you should have seen the names we were up there with I mean we had no place being on that list oh that's nice then yeah so we thank her very very much for that and we recommend you go and head over to Go Informed and subscribe immediately and also go and find her on instagram at goinformnet so she says the stunt work in this movie is jaw-dropping 
done by real stunt people way before CGI. I still remember the first time I saw the scene where Indy climbs under the truck. How this was accomplished and filmed is incredible. No wonder the Indiana Jones show is the last stunt show still at Hollywood Studios. And the ride at Disneyland is pretty cool too. And she does make a good point that this was before CGI. So it does make it that little bit more special, doesn't it? It does. And also it is one of those things like the music alone. So we've got our number one fan, Lyle says my mum let me watch this when I was three or four and the ending where the Nazi's face melted off used to give me nightmares. Well, I mean three or four is quite young. I mean honestly, what am I thinking? <laughs> um we've got Damage Control Podcast said Marion Ravenwood is the best of Indy's love interests and she could definitely kick his ass I can't say the American one. I'm just going to say arse. Um, if she wanted to, she's the she's the coolest. And what are his other ones like if she's the best? Don't remember. We've got Will, who does our voiceovers on the trailers that we put out. So he's from the Hey Down In Front podcast. You're going to like this. He says, not a popular opinion, while I like Indiana Jones movies, I've always found them incredibly boring. Oh, thank you. And that's why we're always our friend. Yes. Forgot to Grow Up says, great beginning to one of the best action-adventure franchises. Let's head over to Twitter. We've got Largo, our mate Largo. We haven't heard from him in a while, so hello. He says... Raiders is the greatest adventure thriller ever made. I saw this film at a sneak preview a week before it opened nationally, and I loved it. I saw it again with my brother when it premiered a week later, but by this time we took our parents along. What a spectacular time at the movies. Geeky Retro Nerds says it's the best of the lot. The cinematography is stunning and directed pretty much to perfection 20th century geek podcast says love this film so much it's a defining part of my childhood and a high point of adventure films however i also acknowledge that if indy was removed from the film the events and the end result would not change at all craig lane says a great way to kick off the trilogy but the last crusade is the real star of the show what do you think what's your favorite carla well if you'd have asked me i would have said the same i would have said the last crusade because it was quite funny as i remember but like this film i haven't seen any of them in about 20 years so this was the first time me watching this for a long time so i don't know if i'd still think it was the best but yeah I'm going to go with with Last Crusade. Small Gas Board says, My favourite film, exhilarating and iconic from start to finish, a masterpiece. Amanda Iman says, Such great film. Harrison as Indy gets all the glory, but Karen Allen is fantastic as Marion. So, you know, it's just us that don't like her, I think. Dave Kay says, I'm upset that they rebadged it, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was originally just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Also, this is a film that made me want to be a stuntman. 
I don't know if he did go on to being a stuntman. Can we find out? Because that made it sound like it did. He did. Yeah. So at Dave K underscore says, if you're listening, get in touch. Did you become a stuntman? Maybe he became the stuntman in the in the show. That would be fantastic. Oh, my God, yeah. That would be so good. And occasionally when he has a day off, maybe he's the person in the audience. And last but not least, Visually Stunning Movies says, Raiders of the Lost Ark is both classic 30s cereal and classic 80s cheese. Truly a masterpiece of American filmmaking. So there you go. Lots of fans. <laughs> bit too many if I'm being honest it dragged (laughs) no I'm only joking we're very very grateful to everyone that uh, answers and we will give shout out to you all unless we become like mega famous and there's like 500 or something Mm, I mean again probably not to worry about right now not for the next couple of months I don't (laughs) think we need to worry Uh, yeah so thank you very much if you did get in touch about that so is there anything you want to add at this stage? No, I don't think so. Okay. So you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or we are also on Facebook, and you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are the proud creators of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. We have a brand-new podcast out called Britpod Scene and in my section normally towards the end if you want to fast forward through hope the other admins aren't listening to this that'd be awkward but if you just want to hear me uh towards the end of the show I do an American segment where I talk to two American shows you know I spoke to this week the lovely Peter from Podstalgic ah Peter yeah Lovely it was, and you can hear that on the forthcoming episode. Also check out at BritPodScene on Twitter, and all the shows we retweet are ones that we endorse. Now, did you know this is our 41st episode? Fast and Furious was number 40. You'd think we'd be better at it by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's all for this week. We will see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Theme Park Films Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.